Hello, everybody. Live from Paramount Studios, it's the Ozone. I'm your host, Omar Miller. I'm here with my brother, Terry Miller. We're trying to give you a quick preview of what's happening this weekend. How you feeling, Icons? I'm feeling great. I can't wait for this fight. It's starting early. He's going down. They say the main event's supposed to start at 1245 Pacific Standard Time. So East Coasters, you get a little evening. West Coasters, you're going to have to rise up and be ready. Uh, before we get into the fight analysis, we want to want to bless you with our college picks because we're getting deep into the season, and it is now bowl time, folks. A lot's going to be determined. Actually, my stand-in on the show, The Unicorn, just booked a commercial that will only air if Georgia makes the playoffs. Uh, we, we got a lot of action to be determined, so we bring in our college football expert, do it for the temper, to give us picks, tips, and tricks. What's happening with you, man? Not much. How y'all doing, Ozone? Great. Ooh. Man, wet. Wet in SoCal. We already got a wet winter, and it's still fall. What's happening? What's <laughs> yeah. the desert the weather looking like? In the desert, I had that snowfall. Oh, for the oh Franklin Graham. You <laughs> <laughs> was fooling around with Freeway Rick. I was fooling around with Franklin. <laughs> Man, I hope they yeah. do that season right. I hope they're able to continue that excellence. Cause that's one of my favorite shows on TV, Jack. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Snowfall and Jamming Jerome. <laughs> Jamming <laughs> Jerome, nephew. <laughs> Anywho, that's not what the people are paying to hear. What uh, what do you got for college football? We haven't heard from you in a while. I have spoken to you off the air, and you've been extremely accurate. What do we got for the bowl season? Who do you like? Obviously, there's a couple teams that have proven themselves to not be what we thought they were once they had to uh, play some real competition, kind of similar to what's going on in the NFL with, with the Patriots. Talk to me about this top 25 and what do you think is going to happen in the bowl season? Well, we're going to keep it real short and simple. This weekend is what's going to determine if you're going to get into the playoff weekend for college football going into the new year. Right now, it's it's the the college football championships regarding within their division. So tonight, we have a real big game. Friday Night Lights, Pac-12 is going down. Number five, Utah, the sleeper of the top 25. is going against number 13, the pretty uniform Oregon Ducks. Number five, Utah, earlier in the season, I called them um, losing or winning against, if you guys remember, SC Camp. So yes. Utah is a sleeper. I didn't expect for them. I, I don't think no one expected for them to be this deep. This ring, this high, high. Huh? Five, oh, but super sleepers. them boys is playing for it. They're actually playing to get into that college championship, the college playoff. Then tomorrow night, we got number 20, Cincy, going against number 17, Memphis. I like Memphis in this because I don't believe that number 20, Cincy, can play at Memphis. Cincinnati is good at home, but they cannot go on the road and win against Memphis. Memphis puts up numbers. Then we got the Bulldogs. Sorry, Unicorn. But the Bulldogs <laughs> of Georgia will not beat them LSU Tigers. G-E-A-U-X Tigers is going to pull off the win. <laughs> so I hope the, uh, the Unicorn previews, the trailers come on the day before the playoffs. <laughs> Now, you tell me this. A lot of people widely believe that, and I've spoken to you about it, that LSU is actually the best team in the country. You like LSU at number two, or do you think they should be ranked higher? Are you still rolling with your boy Dabo and Clemson? See, I think that LSU is overall a good team. But when you, in any sport, in order for you to be considered the best, you have to knock the champ out. 
Dabo Sweeney and them Clemson Tigers was the champs last year, so they should be number one. Clemson should be number two, and then Ohio State should be number three. Well, you said Dabo and then Clemson. So Dabo's getting two slots? Dabo, Clemson is number one. Uh Uh-huh. LSU is number two. You like LSU's number two. Okay. I like LSU as number two. Then we're going to go with... You like Ohio State all the way down to three, huh? I like Ohio State at number three. And then number four is just wide open. Mm -hmm. I like Georgia, but Georgia can't Could be Georgia, could be Utah. Could be okay. Well, who you like? Oh, okay, well, keep going. Don't let me slow All you right. down. All right. So now, number 23 for the uh, – the we have number 23, Virginia, playing against number three, Clemson, Davos Sweeney Tigers. I got to go with Davos Sweeney and them Clemson Tigers. And then the last game is number one, Ohio – the Ohio State versus number eight, Wisconsin. Earlier this season, Ohio State put them hands on Wisconsin. So I'm going to roll with Wisconsin – Upsetting number one, Ohio State. I, I want that to happen. Um, put but your money on likely. it. Put your yeah. money on it. Because if they don't cheat, Ohio State likes to cheat. If Ohio and the NCAA likes to cheat, if number one, Ohio State loses, then they're going to find a way to put Alabama and Nick Saban, his team, into this playoff situation. Big ratings, big ratings with Alabama. Roll Tide got a lot of fans. They have a lot of fans, but I don't. Without Tua playing, I don't think that Alabama is going to be able to roll nothing. But into next season as a top five, this season without 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 Tua, I don't think they can do it. So I'm going to go with number eight as my big upset sleeper over Ohio State. It's hard to beat a team two times, Jack. It's hard to do. It is. So. But Ohio State's the number one ranked team in the country, and if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be them. Yeah, wow. But they're not playing in a horseshoe. They're not playing in Ohio State. No, so no, 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 no. They're playing they're in Ron Dane land. I would fly out to go bet them right now if Ron Dane was still running. <laughs> <laughs> Those of you who don't know, too young to know, just go look up Ron Dane's stats. Circa 97. I think it was 97, 97, 98. In particular, one game in San Jose against San Jose State University, Ron Dane just played one half, and he gave the Spartans more than enough. <laughs> and it was a 12-30 game. He's coming from the East Coast, and he ran for 225 yards. <laughs> in a half. Quarters. In two quarters. And I don't even know if he played the whole first half. I've never wow. seen that. Like that. <laughs> he destroyed the squad. Wow. All right, do it for the tipper. Last but not least, who do you got in the rematch? You got 30 seconds. Break it down quick, fast, and in a hurry. Well, I heard that Ruiz is coming in like Butterbean, so I can't go against that. I cannot. I cannot. He's not going to last more than three rounds. Might only need three, though. This is the heavyweight division. So you go with AJ, huh, mate? He's outside he is. the line. He is going to be hanging outside of the ring, so I have to go. I cannot roll with that. You are a professional. You are not wearing shoulder pads and helmets. Professional. Professional. Hey, listen. Yeah, he's not on the old line. All right, dude, for the tip, thank you for your contributions to the Ozone. Tell the people where they can find you. On social media. Do it for the tipper. Do it. The number four, the tipper on Instagram, on uh, Twitter, and I'm there. All right, now, have a great weekend. We'll check in with you after, uh, after the fight and after the games.
All right, Ozone, I'm out. Peace. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is time. In June, one of the biggest upsets in the history of boxing, it happened on the zone. It is the Mexican Rocky, as they're naming him now, Andy Ruiz Jr., out of Los Angeles, at Imperial, but straight out of L.A., the first heavyweight of Mexican descent in the history of pugilism. Uh, he beat up Britain's Adonis, Anthony Joshua, in a surprise shocking match. Yeah. Yeah. And now... Uh, it's time for the rematch. Anthony Joshua immediately exercised his rematch clause. He seemed to accept defeat, and also he seemed very super focused. Haven't heard much from AJ in this camp, uh, except for being totally and completely focused on Andy Ruiz. To me, that shows that he's ready. What else shows that he's ready is that he's lost almost 20 pounds, and he's coming in at 238. I do believe he weighed in at 238 today, whereas on... On the flip side, Andy Ruiz Jr., everybody was concerned, including your host here on the Ozone, that he was going to come in and try to lose weight uh, to, to change his physique. And boy, oh boy, were we wrong. I mean, Andy wow. Ruiz is topping the scales at 283. 283 pounds. And it, it led Anthony Joshua to joke that the, what's that? He had 30 pounds. Yeah, I think he was, no, I think he was 263 or 258 or something like that. He's almost 30. He's almost there. And I, 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 to me, this just shows that he's been doing the good living. This is, uh, he's, he's adopted his luxury lifestyle that being the champ has afforded him. And, and I have to be honest, folks, this is a real challenge when it comes to success uh, for professional athletes in general, but especially with boxers. You hear about it all the time with boxers having a difficulty making weight. Well, he's not going to have a difficulty making weight because of the heavyweights. There is no top side of the weight class. But I do believe he's going to have a hard time keeping up with the svelte Anthony Joshua. Uh, well, what do you think about the situation? Well, it's, it's just way too far. That's, that's too much weight. I, obviously, what it'll help you with is not getting knocked out quick, usually. But it's too much weight to carry around in a heavyweight match for 12 rounds if it went that long. Although I doubt that it will. I'm looking at the fight probably going like six to seven rounds at the most. But yeah, I, I, so you're going with AJ. And I do have Anthony Joshua. I, we know, we've heard, everybody knows that he was, he was living it up. He wasn't doing what was right as far as, you know, lifestyle with boxing. And it paid him back. You know, he hadn't gotten paid back for the lifestyle that he was living, meaning that, he, you know, he was carousing. He didn't take Andrew Ruiz serious. He had, you can see his size, the difference in his body size right now. And you can tell that he has a burn or a hunger now that he didn't have before the last fight. And I'm, if he's focused, to me, he's the best heavyweight in, in, in the division. Yeah. And, I mean, we're looking at a situation where both men are stepping into the ring. And if that bell rings in Saudi Arabia tomorrow night, uh, honestly, both men are set for life financially. And so yeah. this actually just comes down to hunger. Uh, the rumors that we're hearing on the curb is that the payout's going to be something like $100 million for Anthony Joshua and around 30 to 35 million for Andy Ruiz. This is why the fight is taking place in Saudi Arabia because they, they made an outrageous purse bid. The reason the fight is taking place in the daytime for us is because they're trying to make sure that it broadcasts during prime time in the UK where Anthony Joshua is a mega star. Um, and where they're selling pay-per-view, uh, it, it, this is just going to be a very interesting situation. I mean, you have the backdrop 
of Saudi Arabia's civil rights uh, transgressions that killed an American uh, journalist, Jamal Khashoggi. I say his name as often as, often as possible but because I don't ever want to forget that or let people forget that. And you, know, you have to feel like a lot of the staging that they've done, whether it be this uh, clash in the dunes, they're calling it, or the WWE matches that we're seeing with Tyson Fury and uh, all the other stuff is to sweep that sort of activity under the rug and make this a, a new paint a new face over Saudi Arabia. And, you know, just to, to keep it 100, this is going to go a long ways because it's going to bring a lot of attention to the kingdom. Um, and I, I wonder if they're going to be able to, to, to make any change or if it's just going to continue along the same route. Well, to me, it's just like a smokescreen, really. It's like a diversionary tactic, and basically they're paying everybody off to, you know, to witness these spectacles that they're putting on. Now, I'm interested in, and definitely want to watch the fight and whatever, but we know that there's human rights issues that are going on over there and that everybody should take them serious because it actually could be one of us one day that could be in that same situation. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, you have to take these things seriously. You want those same protections. Yeah, and you want those same protections. Protection as a United States citizen. Yeah. And not and something and not bigger just, than money. As much as yeah. we act like we don't want to believe that. Yeah. And we can't just throw it throw it off as if, oh, you know, like the president did and said that, you know what, we can't lose all this money behind one person. That's that's not true. I mean, we have to do what we have to do as American citizens, stand united because we are the United States of America. Right. Well, a strong statement there. Really strong statement, and I agree with you. Um, so we're we're two and zero here for Anthony Joshua, but we were also two for Anthony Joshua on the night of the original fight. So who knows? This is a heavyweight division, and you never know what's going to happen. Just be prepared because Saturday at twelve forty-five p.m. West Coast time, three forty-five p.m. East Coast time, uh, the the fight's going down. So don't right, don't have something else on your on your calendar and forget what's uh, forget that it's going down. And it's a packed, it's a packed card. Right, nine nine a.m. Yep. The, the other card starts. Start really early, and then, and then along those lines of the undercard, Delian White, another British heavyweight, has actually been cleared of some wrongdoing, and I'm very, very happy about that. The UK doping sports uh, uh, agency has come out and said that his urine sample actually did not test dirty, and it was a mix-up, and he, he's, his name is clear. And he said that from the word go. He addressed it directly on his Twitter. And he caught a lot of hell and a lot of flack. And they've done everything they can to keep Delian White from being uh, able to be a contender to get another chance at the belt. And that went a long ways when this test came up dirty. I think it was in February or March. You know, but the, the unfortunate thing about with Delian White is that he is a good heavyweight champ, uh, not champ, but a good heavyweight fighter. And he's having a hard time getting quality opponents because he's so dangerous. You know, and I would like to see him fight Deontay Wilder and, and even Tyson Fury. He ain't a problem. Anthony Joshua put him to sleep, but, you know, he's, he's literally a tough fight. He's a tough out. He's a really, I mean, really tough it's out. There's not a layup. You got you to go in there. You got to work to beat this guy, and he's got a great chin. And, you know, he's fundamentally sound, which is very, very important. And he, and he has a little thump with him. He got a little kick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I do believe he's on this card as well on the zone, right? I think so. Yeah, you know, because yeah, he's an Eddie Hearns guy. Yeah, he's a, he's on the zone. Um, yeah, I, I I'm this is going to be action packed. If you don't have the zone, sign up. It's uh, twenty dollars a month, and they give you fights every weekend. You also get baseball when baseball comes back around. 
Uh, and there's a whole host of fights on this card that I'm looking forward to seeing. And we'll talk about them after the fight. We just wanted to get you guys something up before the fight. Also, Showtime is going to put up a triple header being headed by Jamal Charlo versus Dennis Hogan at, uh, at uh, 160 at the middleweight. I'm very interested because there's quite a few people on this card that I want to see. I, I, I have Charlo in this fight. We know that his trainer, Derek James, is a family to the Ozone. And I think that he's been getting both of the Charlo brothers ready and focused to, to maintain where they are. Another big fight coming up on the 21st with uh, Jamel Charlo out in Ontario. Can't wait for that one. But, um, but I look for this to be a good card, to be honest. And it's going to be raining in L.A., so I'm, I'm very happy to sit at home and watch boxing all day. <laughs> All day. It's like it's almost like a football. It's almost like football, right? It's almost like a football commitment or or major league baseball playoffs. Right. All day. They're chucking them. They're throwing them hands all day. The balls are going. It's going down. And it, and on that undercard, you got Chris Eubank Jr. versus Matt Kobarov. Korobov. You know what? I'm going to go with the upset. I'm not crazy impressed with Chris Eubank Jr. To be honest, uh, he's a good fighter. Yeah, he just I don't know. I'm not crazy for him as a boxer. But and you know what? Korobov isn't the best fighter in the world, but I think it, it could give him problems. We'll see what happens with young Chris. I want him to be better than I think that he is, you know? Um, Those pillows, huh? He's not a, a big thumper. No, no. Um, and then moving on, we wanted to cover real quick, and this is just a, a bite-sized portion, folks, a bite-sized. We're going to get you something live in the studio sooner than later, but how about them Ravens? They keep saying that Lamar Jackson is MVP, and he just keeps proving it. The Ravens beat the 49ers in a great game uh, this past weekend. And they, 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 I don't – honestly, they can beat anybody, and they've shown it. They can beat anybody. I just think that, you know, some of these defensive teams, that's going to take a defensive guru to be able to – you can't stop this kid from running. He's just so dominant. I mean, and you have to play him for the run, and a spy is not enough because he can run by the spy that you have set. He's too fast. He's too fast. I, the way that I think you stop him is you need to hit him. Every time they do that run-pass option, you need to hit Lamar Jackson. Someone needs to get ejected. They need to hit him every time, and they need to play like, oh, I thought he had the football. You have and to punish another, guys that want to run like that. Exactly, but then another thing you have to do as well is because they can score pretty much at will right now is to keep the ball away from him, keep the ball out of his hands. And it's cold now, so if you keep that dude standing on the sidelines, I don't care what kind of heaters they have on, it's not going to work. He needs to be yeah. in the game to be effective. And you need to manage the game, run the ball. And I think that Buffalo's got a good chance of beating them, honestly, because Buffalo has really? Buffalo has And they're used the, to playing in the cold. Yeah, and they're used to playing in the cold, and they have, you know, fast linebackers and you know and they have you, you have to be fast against the Baltimore Ravens you it's not enough to just have a standard because honestly San Francisco had their chances to beat them and the Ravens defense actually they did they did they went for it on fourth and one which was a great call by their coach I really appreciate to see that nowadays he went for it and they didn't get it and then they ended up losing on a field goal by the probably the best kicker in the last five years in football Tucker you know so right. It's, it's just and very, you never know. It could have been a loss that came from the karma gods uh, for Tim Ryan up in San Francisco saying that Lamar Jackson is so dark-skinned he can camouflage the football. <laughs> Which is ridiculous. Can you believe it? That's what in the hell is going through people's minds nowadays, man? Keep well, your buffoonery to yourself. Yeah, they, they guys like him feel empowered, 
really. You know, you can say whatever you want to without any consequences or repercussions, but this is not acceptable. But, I mean, well, that, that yeah. is so far-fetched and out there, you know, is just unbelievable. That, at no point should that enter your mind, and then secondly, at no point should you actually feel like, you know what, I'm going to say this out loud. They should fire him. They should, he should be released, man. He shouldn't be suspended. He should be fired. He should have got fired Johnny on the spot for that. Yeah. It's something just too far. Now, let's stay over there in the East, on the East Coast, and it looks like the Patriots are falling apart. As expected, when the Patriots are playing real teams, they run into real problems. They really it's rely on and have done very well by, by not playing in, in a tough division. And I think this year the Patriots are going to be in trouble because they're going to have to fight all the way to the Super Bowl. They've lost to Houston. They've now dropped into the second seed. If they don't have that number one seed and get that by, I don't think we see the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Well, and I also feel like the Patriots are going to lose this Sunday because they're playing against Kansas City. I feel like their defense is very overrated because of that weak division that they played in. And also, you're talking about them going against a team that has crazy offensive firepower and the Patriots don't have an offense right now. So yeah, yeah a lot of people were calling for Tom Brady's retirement. A lot of people felt like it was uh, that was it. There was time for touchdown Tommy to finally wrap it up. Yeah, but who do they have to back him up? They got rid of everybody that was behind him. You know, you got Jacoby Brissett that's playing well in the Indy and you definitely have Garoppolo who's playing well in uh, San Francisco. So yeah. who are they going to? I mean, they, they're going to have to draft the quarterback, and they're saying that in the near future, it looks like they're across uh, Kraft and um, Belichick are about to bust, uh, bump heads. I think, I think Belichick goes when Tom goes. And on the West Coast, we see Russell Wilson just keeps winning. The, the league MVP for the past few years just keeps winning. He just keeps finding ways to win. He finds ways to win. I honestly feel like the Rams are going to beat them out here this weekend. Because the Rams actually are finally starting to give Todd Gurley the ball. And when he gets the ball, he's probably the most dominant offensive player in football. And right now, that's that's Lamar Jackson because he keeps the ball. But ultimately, McVay seems to only want to give him the ball when he comes off of a loss. And he realizes after the fact that he didn't give Todd Gurley the ball enough. To me, evidence of him giving the ball enough is not against Arizona. If they come out this weekend and they get the ball up, I'm okay. Now I can take it seriously. Besides that, I don't know, man. Well, they they're saying that they're committed to the run right now, and I think just think that him losing losing like they have been, and him probably getting on the hot seat. Their offense is still clicking now. Don't sleep, but they throw the ball too much. They don't. They're not keeping anybody honest with the run. When you have one of the most dominant backs in football, and you don't give him the ball, you're going to have a problem. But when he gets the ball, he changes the game. Even when they got blown out by the Ravens, if they would have dedicated more time to him earlier in the game, you could have kept the Ravens off the field. But, you know, right. this dude is getting 10, 12 carries a game. It's not going to work. Not going to work. And the game I'm actually most looking forward to is Houdat versus the, uh, the, yes. the Niners this Sunday. Yes. That's the game. The, the Niners are the sleeper, man. I mean, not the Niners, sorry. The, the Saints are the sleeper. The Saints have playoff experience. They got a great coach. Drew Bees knows how to manage games. They got all the tools that they need. And honestly, they were one bad call away from going to the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, well, and not only that, Drew Bees is not just a manager, though. He's a, he, he, can get, he moves the ball still. He's he moves the ball. a guy that still has a hose, that understands the game. You're not going to throw nothing new at him that he hasn't seen. And what you, what you can count on is him being prepared for the big game. You know what I'm saying? But I, once again, I, I'm taking San Francisco this weekend because San Francisco is tough, man. That, they have real defense. San Francisco is tough. 
they got a front four that they don't have to blitz as much. They can put pressure on the quarterback. And then also they have a three-headed monster running running, running committee. I mean, that, that running committee that they have is crazy. Man. Man, man, man. Yeah, so it's going down. Very excited about that. Again, we're going to come back with you live with uh, post-fight results for all of the football, all of the boxing. There's so much going down this weekend, it's hard to cover. we got full-time jobs, people. Work with us. We're going to leave you now with a quote. Leave you with a quote from uh, leave you with a quote from John Burroughs, and it is: "For anything worth having, one must pay the price, and the price is always work, patience, love, self-sacrifice. No paper currency, no promises to pay, but the gold of real service." Don't be scared of a little hard work, folks. And remember, we're all in this thing together. I'm your host Omar Miller, and you are listening to the Ozone. Ozone. Yeah.